Well, you are here on a great weekend, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you that I have three goals for this message today. Do you want to hear them? Okay, that was weak. I have three goals for this message here today, and I've given it four times, so this is the fourth, so I need you to be with me, okay? I'm going to take a real long nap after this today, but until then, this is going to be an awesome message, okay? So you want to hear the three goals? All right, the three goals are this. One, we're going to open God's Word. We're going to look at a moment in the book of Acts where an extraordinary experience happens in the life of Philip. Philip is a disciple of Jesus, and it happens as he goes on a walk and he encounters a man. So I'm going to tell you about that. We're going to take a look at that in just a minute. The second thing is actually something that I cannot do. The second thing that my hope and prayer is for the Holy Spirit to move in such a way in this room that there are some of you that I believe you came in today and you thought you were just coming to church and you found out it was baptism son and you thought, that's cool, I'm excited to watch some people get baptized. And my prayer is that it will actually be you that gets baptized today. So thankfully, I can't accomplish goal two. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Goal number three is I want this to be the shortest message in the history of Soul City Messages, okay? So those are my three goals. Are you ready? All right, we're going to have some fun. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your Bibles. It's in the seat back in front of you. We're going to turn to the book of Acts. And we are going to look at Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 26. It's found on page 764. As I mentioned to you, this is a moment with Philip, one of the disciples of Jesus. And he had already been a part of extending the message of Jesus through Jerusalem, Judea, uh, to Samaria. And God does something extraordinary in this moment in Acts 8. And we're going to take a look at what happens as Philip goes on a walk. Okay, so here's what happens. Acts 8, verse 26. And this is what it says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So I'm going to pause right there. There's a couple of things happening here. The passage starts out with the fact that an angel comes to Philip and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start walking, okay? I want you to start walking and I want you to walk south. Here's the road that I want you to go on, but just start walking. Walking. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, Philip has seen some extraordinary things in his life. Like he's been walking with the disciples. He's, you know, been uh, seeing miracles occur. But he has an angel that shows up in his family room, right? And says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk south. I have never had an angel show up in my family room and just tell me to walk south south, right? Now, if he did in the middle of February, I would be happy to be obedient, you know, just start walking towards Florida, right? And so, Philip, what's amazing in this moment, if you look at verse 27, it says, so he started out. So he started out. And I love that Philip, we don't see a moment where he pauses and says, okay, hey, listen, angel, (laughs) um, 
I'm wondering, why are you here in my living room, right? <laughs> why is it that you are sending me out to, to walk this road? He doesn't seek clarity. He doesn't uh, say, you know, like, do you want me to go today? Do you want me to go tomorrow? He doesn't say, like, should I pack a bag first? Can I send off an email to some of my friends, letting them know I'm going on a journey because an angel showed up in my living room? What's amazing, I know, I see the flickering light. Just ignore it, okay? Um, <laughs> He listens to the angel from God, and he goes. Do you get that? This angel shows up in his living room. He says, go south, and he does it. He walks, he goes, with immediate trust and with very little information, but his faith in God. And I wonder, I wonder how often many of us find ourselves in situations. Maybe it's not an angel that's showing up in your living room telling you to go, but maybe it's the Holy Spirit that's giving you that nudge, saying, I want you to talk to this person, or I want you to send this note, or I want you to extend my love to this person that so desperately needs it. And instead of you just going like Philip, you have all kinds of questions. You have all kinds of excuses. Well, well when do you want me to go, God? Well, how do you want me to do it? But Philip, he just goes. He just walks. And in verse 27, it says, so he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of Ethiopians. Now this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So a couple things are happening here, right? The angel had already prompted Philip to go on this walk, right? And what did he do? He went. Secondly, he comes upon this chariot as he's on this road and he's walking and he sees over to it and the spirit of God just nudges him and says, go stand by that chariot. Go stand by the chariot. He doesn't give any other explanation. He doesn't say what's going to happen. He doesn't even say who's in the chariot. But Philip goes. He goes and he stands by the chariot. Now, a couple things that we learn about what's happening here in this, in this moment. Um, first, we learn the man that's in the chariot, where is he from? He's from Ethiopia, right? And, and the reason that this is actually significant is when Jesus left the earth, uh, there's a moment that's called the Great commission. And within the great commission, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out into all the world and I want you to preach my story and I want you to baptize and make disciples. And so I want you to go to Judea. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to Samaria. And then Jesus says this, and I want you to go to the ends of the earth. Well, what's amazing is that the disciples up until this moment, this is found in Acts 8, they had been to Jerusalem. They had been to Judea. They had been to Samaria. And now here's a man from Ethiopia sitting in a chariot which represents the ends of the earth. By Philip obeying the Spirit's prompting, the message of Jesus is about to be shared to the ends of the earth. So that's the first thing that's significant. The second thing about uh, the man that's sitting in the chariot is that it says that he's an important 
official, right? He's a man of prominence. He, he works for the queen. He's in charge of the treasury of all of the resources. So this is a man of position. This is a man of power. The third thing that we learn is that he's a spiritual seeker. He's sitting in this chariot and he has the Old Testament open, okay? He's reading from the book of Isaiah. And so what's happening is, is a remarkable moment. The Spirit of God sends Philip to stand right outside of this chariot. And look at what happens in verse 30. It says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Philip asks him, Do you understand what you're reading? The Ethiopian says to him, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? Which, how many of you have ever read the scriptures and thought, I need someone to explain this to me, right? So he just says it. How am I supposed to understand this? I need someone to explain it to me. And so this is what he says to Philip. So then he invites Philip to come sit with him in the chariot. And they read the scriptures together. They read the passage from Isaiah that he was already reading. And this is what it says in verse 32. This is the passage of scripture that the Ethiopian was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and a lamb before its shearer is silent. And he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth." And the Ethiopian asked Philip, please tell me, who is the prophet talking about? Like, I, I'm, I'm reading this story in the book of Isaiah, and, and I hear about this sheep led to a slaughter. I hear about this man deprived of justice. I mean, who is this prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? And I love what verse 35 says. It says, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. He told him the good news about Jesus. He took right where this guy was at. He was reading the, the scrolls, the prophet Isaiah. He didn't jump and say, well, you know, I know this is kind of confusing, so let me just jump over here. He said, I'm going to start right where he's at. I'm going to start with what he's reading. And he told him the good news of Jesus. And what I love about this is that I love what happens as they continue. Because the chariot continues moving on, and it says in verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Philip and the eunuch, they got down out of the chariot. They went into the water and Philip baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord just suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on rejoicing. So what's amazing here is this Ethiopian, he hears the story of Jesus. Philip is faithful to tell him the good news. And as they are traveling down and as he's hearing about Jesus, he looks out the window and he says, wait a minute, this Jesus that you're speaking of, doesn't he say once we put our trust in him to go and be baptized, there's a pool of water. 
He stops the chariot, gets down from the chariot. Philip gets him in the water. They're baptized. And then the scriptures say that Philip is gone. And how does the Ethiopian move on? It says he moved on rejoicing. He moved on rejoicing. And you know, what I want to do is I want to pull the question out of the text, out of the scriptures, that the Ethiopian asked Philip. And I want to ask it of you this morning. I want to ask you, what is standing in the way of you being baptized today? You know, that's the question. That's the question that he asked Philip when he said, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? And so I want to turn the question around and I want to ask you the same question. What is standing in the way of you being baptized today? You see, in a few moments, we're going to celebrate baptism. We're going to celebrate what transformation looks like in public. It's why so many people are wearing these t-shirts today. We are going to celebrate the good news of what Jesus does in a person's life. We're going to celebrate freedom. And we're going to celebrate hope. We're going to celebrate forgiveness and grace and unconditional love. Because that is what the good news of Jesus is. And I wonder today, I wonder what is standing in the way of you being baptized today? I mean, really, what might be standing in the way of you being baptized today? In fact, I want you to watch the story of someone that maybe had a similar story to you. And she no longer let things stand in the way of her being baptized. So I want you to take a look at Christina's story. Growing up, I grew up in a house without um, God present. My dad is an atheist, so he didn't really talk about God. God wasn't um, present in our life. There was no foundation of God. Um, I started attending my sister's um, in-laws church for the sense of community, to be around people that believed in God. I knew that was something I wanted, but I didn't know what it was. My husband and I found out later that I was going to have a hard time conceiving and I cried out to God in the way anybody else would. God, please help me. I didn't know what I was looking for really. Um, after three years of trying to conceive, I finally found out that I was pregnant and I felt that was God opening my eyes to what he can do for me and I feel that that's when my relationship with God started. Even though I had been um, a believer for, you know, seven years, um, I still didn't hear God the way everybody else did. Um, my husband was getting baptized, my sister was getting baptized at the beach last year, and I didn't feel God talking to me. Um, I would pray, you know, for God to, to show me His presence, to talk to me, um, but I still didn't hear anything. On February 28th, I came to Soul City to serve like any other Sunday. And I saw, you know, everybody wearing these t-shirts and I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on today. I didn't even think that it was Baptism Sunday. And I was sitting in the auditorium for the service and Pastor Jarrett was 
talking about baptism and what it looks like. And I usually sit really close. And so I felt like Pastor Jared was talking directly to me. And he said these specific words. What are you waiting for? I finally felt that tug that everybody else was talking about. Like God was talking directly to me. And Pastor Jared said, go now. And I literally ran out of the auditorium. After I changed and I ran down the hall, I came into the auditorium again to be baptized. And I got into the water. Kerr prayed over me. And when he actually baptized me, I felt a wave come over me. And I knew that that was God talking to me. I felt the presence of God. And he was telling me that this was exactly where I needed to be. I'm Christina, and this is what transformation looks like in public. My hunch is there are some of you here today, and your story is very similar to Christina's. And for whatever reason, there has been something standing in the way of you getting into the waters. And today is the day that that is no longer going to stand in the way. Maybe for you, uh, you've been waiting for just the right moment. Uh, you kind of wanted the day to be just right, just perfect. Uh, I was talking to a mom out in the hallway whose son, uh, Andrew, I just got baptized in the last service and she said, Jeannie, you know, I had kind of just been waiting for everything to be right. I wanted to have like all the right people there and have the perfect picture moment. And he came up to me and he just said, mom, I'm ready. I want to get baptized. She said, and I'm so glad that I let him because I realized that I was the one that was standing in the way for him. Andrew's 10 years old, just got baptized in the last service. Maybe for you, uh, you don't like being in front of people or, or talking on the microphone. Um, well, guess what? I'm the only one that has a microphone today, so you don't have to talk on the microphone. Um, and so you don't have to worry about saying your story in just the right way. Today's the day. Today's the day for you to get into the waters of baptism. Maybe for you, you've been waiting um, to get your life all cleaned up. And there's a part of you that just feels like if you just knew, like there's a part of you that just wants to say like, Jeannie, if you just knew what was really going on in my life, like if you knew how messed up my life is, if you knew my story, if you knew how broken I was, you would know that there's no reason for me to get in that water. And I want to say to you, there is nothing there's absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that you have done or will do that can stand in the way of his grace. For some of you, there's a part of you that feels like, you know, I know this doesn't sound like a super spiritual reason, but um, the whole getting wet thing, I'm just not into it. And I get that. But Jesus is who came up with the whole idea of going in the water, so I can't change it. But here's what I want to tell you. We have done everything necessary for that not to stand in your way. We have t-shirts. We have shorts. 
I had a woman come up to me after the 8 a.m. service. Her and her husband got baptized at the 8 a.m. service. And she didn't, we actually talked about this via text. And she said, you know, you kept going through all the different things that were standing in the way. And you kept checking off my list of all my excuses, all my reasons. She said, my last excuse was that I was having a great hair day. (laughs) And then you told me that you had all the hair products so that I could continue having a great hair day. She said, and I just knew, I just knew I was supposed to get in that water. And she got baptized and she turned around and you know who was standing behind her? Her husband who also chose to get baptized. For some of you, there's a part of you that feels like, you know, I just, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this because when I was an infant, my parents baptized me. Like, you know, what does that mean? And, and how, how do I reconcile all of that? And what I want to say to you is, you know, that decision that your parents made for you to be baptized as an infant, it was a beautiful decision. It, it was them marking a moment. It was them saying, we want our son or we want our daughter to walk in the ways of Jesus. We long for them to have faith. But do you know that there is not a single recorded moment throughout the scriptures of an infant being baptized? That was something that actually church leaders created thousands of years ago. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus invites adults to be baptized. Because what it is, is it's an opportunity for an adult to say that that faith that my parents longed for me to have, I'm making it my own. You see, that was my story. And I'm so grateful that my parents wanted me to grow up loving God and following God. I'm grateful for that heritage in my life. But there needed to come a day for me where I said, this is my decision. I am putting my faith in Jesus. I am putting my hope in Jesus. And so it is my decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus who is my savior. And so for those of you that perhaps maybe that's been the holdout and you've just thought, I really want to do this, but I'm not sure. I wanna say to you, this is a fulfillment of your parents' desire. You making the decision today to say, Jesus has changed my life. And so I wanna let the world know. And and there may be other reasons. Um, There may be other things that are standing in the way. And I just wanna say to you today, If Jesus has changed your life, if the sacrificial love of him laying down his life on a cross has changed your life and you have yet to be baptized, I want to say to you today, what is standing in the way? Because in a moment, um, we're going to celebrate like crazy a whole bunch of people that are gonna choose to get baptized. Do you know what's amazing? 29 people already today showed up at this church not thinking they were gonna get baptized and they went home with fresh transformation. And people ask me all the time, like, Jeannie, how do you know? How do you know when God is talking to you? Like, how do you really know it's the voice of God? And I want to say to you, that feeling that you're feeling right now, that little nudge, that little, man, I hope she's not talking to me. Wait, I think she is. That's not me talking to you. It's the Spirit of God, friends. It's how the Spirit of God works. He nudges, He prompts, He moves, He calls, he's gentle, he's tender. Sometimes he's forceful if he needs to be. 
And some of you in this room right now are feeling that nudge. And I just want to say to you, why wouldn't you? What is standing in the way? And so in a moment, I'm going to pray. And when we're done, you're going to walk out these doors and we're going to see you in the baptismal. And in so many ways, baptism is just, it's like a public thank you note to God. Yesterday I was um, with Gigi and uh, a few weeks ago she had her birthday and uh, she wanted to go outside and play and I realized that we hadn't written her thank you notes to all of her family and her friends that gave her all these presents. I said, baby, you can totally go outside and play. We gotta write these thank you notes first. We, We can't let another day go by. She's like, oh, mom. They know I'm grateful. <laughs> and I was like, baby, they, they probably do know. They probably know. But when you write this, it tells them you're grateful. And that's what baptism is. It's just your way of, of telling the world, I am so unbelievably grateful for the love of God in my life that has transformed me. That's the public display of transformation. And so in a moment, we're gonna see a whole lot of people write the most extraordinary thank you notes to God in this place. And we are gonna celebrate and we are gonna cheer them on. So I wanna invite you to stand and I'm gonna pray. And when I am done praying, if you know God is nudging you to be baptized today, all you're gonna do is you're gonna walk right out those doors. There's a team of volunteers. They have absolutely every single thing that you need. They have every shirt, every t-shirt. They even have underwear. They have everything that you need in every single size of every body in this room. So there is nothing that needs to stand in the way. And some of you, you know, right now you're looking at your spouse and you're thinking, today's our day. We need to do this together. Some of you are standing next to a friend and the number one thing you need to do when we say amen is you need to tug on their arm and you need to say, I gotta go get baptized and I want you to come with me. Some of you are standing with your small group and you need to turn around and say, no more excuses for me. Today's my day and you need to grab them and you need to head on back. Some of you are standing next to a total stranger and you're gonna say, listen, I know we don't know each other, (laughs) but I'm getting baptized today and I want you to come with me. Some of you are standing with your son. Some of you are standing with your daughter. And you know today's the day. So I just want to say to you, what is standing in the way of you being baptized today? Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are the one that transforms our lives. Thank you that you are the good news. And our hope is in you, Jesus. And so I pray that you would move and you would nudge and you would prompt And God, that you would give courage and strength to those in this room that know today is their day. And God, that there would be a celebration of epic proportion in this room as we celebrate how you have transformed lives. We love you, Jesus, and our hope is in you. And we pray this in your name. Amen.